This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hello and welcome to the Truth From The Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you're listening to episode number 91, brought to you by Wicked Tree Gear. Today is part five of the DIY Report Daily Rut Log, so stay tuned. Welcome back to another episode of the Truth From The Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. This is the rut log, the daily rut log, and I think that we are covering day six and seven. So this is a a twofer. I'm going to be quite honest with you. I passed out last night or passed out the day before and didn't get a chance to to record. The body needed some sleep after many days of all day of all day sit. So the update from yesterday, so yesterday would have been um, Monday, so just I'll, I'll refer to the days so I don't confuse anybody. So Monday was another all-day sit. Um, the morning, so this particular spot that I'm sitting, it, it typically has better morning activity than it does evening activity. What I've mainly seen in the evening historically has been, um, you know, some cruising and some uh, and, and actually some chasing. Uh, the morning, it seems to be a little bit more, uh, you know, I see more does, I guess, um, coming into the doe bedding area. And then there'll be bucks that kind of are strategically coming out to kind of check those doe, those doe bedding areas. I don't know that I would classify it as cruising necessarily. It seems like they come out with an intent and a plan. They're not just kind of, you know, willy nilly. They're definitely heading to this one particular doe bedding area and checking it out. But I think I'm, I'm starting to maybe put another puzzle piece of this place together. And I'll talk about that here in a second. But so early in the morning, had a doe come in, had the wind uh, in my favor pretty much all morning, had a, a, a semblance of a of an easterly wind um, to a certain degree. And then wouldn't you know, as soon as this doe starts coming down the trail or coming toward me, 
the wind just switched for whatever reason. And it switched for maybe a total of, you know, three minutes before it went back to its uh, prevailing wind. But it was just enough for her um, that she caught a whiff of something that she didn't really like, um, had a Nozonics machine going. So she didn't completely blow out of there. She just kind of stopped. You know, I saw her put her nose in the air, kind of do a little scent checking, <clears throat> or do a little scent checking of her own. And, uh, and just kind of started backing up and walked back the way she came and then cut into the timber right behind me and, and went in behind me. So she didn't really spook out of there and blow out. So I wasn't too, too concerned about it to be, to be honest with you. Uh, the rest of the day was pretty, um, pretty blah. Actually, there wasn't a whole lot of activity, not, not a whole lot going on until later in the afternoon. And I was just kind of standing up, was leaning back into my saddle and was just kind of watching the brush uh, that was on the opposite side of the tree where where the bucks usually come from, where that buck came from on the opening uh, or the first morning that I was in the stand that I drew back on. And uh, for whatever reason, I happened to look over to my right, and there's this drainage that kind of cuts off the area that I'm sitting in to the you know to the other side of the drainage. It's full of you know green briars and brush and stuff like that. You can't really see through, but you have small little pockets or windows that you have a little bit of visibility. And so I was watching. For whatever reason, I just kind of happened to glance over there and saw some you know movement caught my eye. So I kind of took a, a closer look, and you know what I thought I saw was a, the rear end of a deer. And sure enough, like it moved, and I then the head turned, and then I saw you know antlers. Um, got a got a look at the antlers, you know, long enough to know that it was definitely a shooter. Um, I couldn't tell you whether it was an eight point, ten point, nine point, whatever the case is. All I saw was his right side, his main beam. And his, uh, I guess it would be his G2 and G3s. Um, so it was a nice deer regardless. Um, I got really, I got pretty excited. Um, so I hit the grunt tube. And so just to go back historically, the last deer I killed in this area two years ago kind of played out the same way where he was bedded on the other side of that drainage. And then I ended up blind grunting him in. I think I've told this story before and he came, came in. Um, this almost was set up the same way where I'm not sure if this deer was bedding over there or not, but I saw him, he was in a, probably a roughly around the same area. As soon as I saw him, I grunted and he turned and was looking like he was coming. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. This is going to play out, you know, two different years that I've hunted this particular area and two different times I've had a buck in the same general area that I'm going to end up grunting in and get an opportunity at. And then for whatever reason, it looked like he turned and started coming toward me. So I grabbed my bow, clipped my release on and was waiting and nothing never showed up. So I'm not quite sure what was, you know, what could had, had happened. Um, you know, I I don't know that it was necessarily, um, one of the deer that I had on camera, but he was the caliber of the, the two deer that I have on camera camera that are really nice. Um, so he was a shooter, uh, no doubt, uh, was bummed out. He didn't make his way over to me. Um, and I'm not a hundred percent sure why, like, so my, my theory is, is that, he either, and this is just a theory and I'm by no means an expert here, but my theory is, is he either was kind of not tending a doe, but was following a, a doe in a very gentlemanly kind of way, not really pushing her, but just kind of, you know, tracking behind her. And if they came through that doe bedding area low and I wasn't able to see him until he got, you know, up, up to that little window that I could see him through. So that's the one idea. The other idea is that he's just an older, more mature deer and he wasn't, he recognizes that it's not quite prime time yet, so he's not going to necessarily fool around with a, a juvenile buck, uh, you know, before uh, before does are ready to be bred when there's not much to fight over. So those were kind of my two working theories, and I had originally thought that he was bedded over there. And so my plan was to kind of 
maybe possibly set up on, you know, what I'm kind of referring to as, as possibly his rut bed, since I've had two different deer in the same area kind of, re- you know, react similarly. And so today I actually got down since, you know, today precursor here or a little foreshadowing is that, you know, today was pretty much a bust. So zero deer all day. So that's the update for, for today, which is, is Monday. Um, but you know, my plan was to get down today out of my tree stand just a little early since it was basically a bust and the weather was kind of, you know, cruddy. It was warm, you know, rained last night, which is fine, but it was kind of, I think it was the high was 62 ish or 64 today, which is pretty crummy. Um, so I decided to get down with just a little bit of light left because I wanted to go over to the other side and just kind of see if I could find a tree to get get my saddle into and set up possibly over an area where he's bedding, you know, or, or bucks are bedding during the day. Because yesterday was an east wind, which was, or Monday was an east wind, which means that all the scent from the doe bedding area is going to blow right into where that where that deer was potentially, you know, you know, bedded down. So I went over and started looking around. They could they could possibly bed almost anywhere. But then as I was kind of hiking around, I recognized that there was another lower trail at the bottom of the doe bedding area. And so what I kind of thought was, is I was like, I don't know that they're necessarily bedding there. And they, they possibly could be. Or they're possibly working that secondary trail in evenings. Because most of the evening movement, like I mentioned earlier, that I have seen in this particular area has been a little bit of cruising, yes, once once in a while, but for the most part, that for the most part, it's been chasing later in the evenings. You know, a, a buck following a doe specifically. It seems like the evenings, you know, I've I've had deer kind of come from that lower area and on the opposite side of the drainage, and so what I'm thinking is as the thermals are falling in the evening, especially if they're getting that westerly wind or a south a south wind, if they just had a straight south wind, they'd be able to ha- kind of hit that bottom trail and scent check that entire bedding area and then kind of angle up over the ridge toward where I'm at, but just on the opposite side of the drainage and head to the second, um, doe bedding area, which is out to the, um, I guess it'd be the, the, the Northwest, um, end of that ridge. So that's kind of what I think is happening. So my plan tomorrow is we're supposed to have some crummy rain in the morning and I don't think it's supposed to ease up till like eight o'clock ish. Um, I'm not necessarily against hunting in the in the rain necessarily, but not a big fan of it whenever it's going to be almost 60 degrees. Um, so I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to probably catch a little bit of uh, well-deserved sleep, sleep in just a little bit, get out um, early-ish, you know, or later in the morning, I guess, early, early, early afternoon, and uh, set up another set on that lower um, on that lower trail um, that they're kind of using and cruising the bottom part of that doe bedding area. So. That's kind of the plan for tomorrow. I'm hoping the uh, that that big hoss decides to take that same that same kind of route tomorrow, and uh, hopefully the game plan works out. But that's the update for today. Chad unfortunately isn't here at the moment, so we'll catch up with him whenever he is back tomorrow. And Tate's hunt was a bust as well. Zero zero deer. He did he did have some people training dogs near him though, and we'll catch up on that here in, in the not so distant future. But uh, that's the update for today. Hopefully tomorrow is a good day. Hope you guys are having some uh, having some luck in the field, and hopefully the rut is cranking for you all. And we will talk to you tomorrow. All right, folks, that is a wrap for today's show. We'd like to thank all of you for listening. And if you haven't yet, please head over to iTunes and leave us a five star rating. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We'd be super appreciative if you'd be able to do those two things for us. And before we shut this thing down, I need to give a big shout out to our partners that continue to help us make this podcast possible. 
Wicked Tree Gear, Exodus Outdoor Gear, Trophy Ridge, Ozonics, Obsession Bows, Tecamani Seed, Glacier Coolers, Ramcat Broadheads, Trophy Taker Rests, and Dead Downwind. And until next time, we'll see y'all. November's on my heels. Makes me proud, makes me steal. I could show you through the door. gang the new truth merch is in stock at truthfromthestand.com and on youtube below any of the truth from the stand videos i've got some new hats beanies t-shirts long sleeve t-shirts and sweatshirts there's even a new do hard shit hat for those of us who like to embrace micro dosing adversity so head to truthfromthestand.com and check out the new gear and use the code truth t-r-u-t-h and save yourself some cash on the new gear Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.